The New Investor Show, Episode 3. What you are about to experience is the New Investor Show, featuring David the Diamond Oswald and Jay Scott. Welcome to the Zone. Hey, it's the New Investor Show, episode number three, and I am David Oswald. Some people know me as The Diamond, and I'm here with H.J. Scott. Jay, how's everything with yourself today? Oh, everything's great. Everything's wonderful today. You sound wonderful, and uh, yeah, I'd like to start off with a little uh, Star Wars joke. Do you mind? Go right ahead. I'm curious, <laughs> what, the, I'm curious what this is going to be about, but okay. go ahead. Well, as, as you know, we like to keep people entertained on this show as well as educated. And, you know, I, I was thinking that what if Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker walked into a uh, Chinese restaurant and Luke Skywalker was he was having trouble eating his food like he, he couldn't use the chopsticks. Right. And he said, Obi-Wan, what should I do? And Obi-Wan says, use the forks, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Humor me. Humor I, me. I, I don't know how I didn't see that one coming, but very, very it, good. It came from left field. I'd give friend. you a golf clap for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, fans, I, I love to to get in touch here uh, bi-monthly, basically, is what uh, Jay Scott and I get together and do. We love to come at you with 15 or 20 minutes of some hard-hitting information on what's working right now in the world of real estate investing, especially for the new investor. And that's the name of this show, The New Investor Show. And we love to come at you and, and really provide what's working now, not only for experience, but also for that person that might be you right now listening, who maybe you've done less than five deals, creative real estate strategy deals. Maybe you haven't chosen a niche yet that works for you. And on last show, episode number two, we talked a little bit about some of the niches that are out there. And I mentioned things like short sales and wholesaling and, and lease options and buying notes. And some of you want to become a landlord on your first deal. And we talked a bit about really creative strategies. And, and just to rehash a bit of where we are, because we're in the midst right now, Jay, of a little bit of a, um, a series, if you want to call it that. And it's a series on getting your first deal. And one of the things that we'll talk about today is how do you also get that first deal, but also secure it, protect it? And how do you also find the buyer for that deal? So before we get started here, Jay, I know you like to make sure that everybody's aware of you know, what we do as far as reaching out and, and contacting through social media, as well as a, a phone number that we have. So I thought I'd uh, give you an opportunity just to kind of let everybody know where they can find us. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, to find us on the, the web, our website is newinvestorzone.com. That's newinvestor.com. On Twitter, at the new investor. That's at the new investor. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash new investor zone. Now, I understand we can find you on the internet also, David. Yes, they could always find me in, in many sites I have out there. But one that I, I really love, would like you to check out is riversofincome.com. And you could also check me out at Twitter at, at diamondoswald.com. Or actually, no .com in there, just at Diamond Oswald. I've heard great things about your website, riversofincome.com, by the way. Well, I have too, and, and that's only from all the responses I've gotten via email from many of you that are on my marketing list. 
And uh, it was put together by a, a good friend of mine, and, and it looks great. And uh, I appreciate the, the work he did on it. And the site right now is um, it's picking up steam, and, and it's kind of a newer site. It's only been around for about six months, but um, actually maybe even less, only about four months maybe. And, and we're, we're really starting to update it and have more blog posts and more fresh information. But you can find testimonials on there, video testimonials of, of people that have worked with me. You could also find um, some of the products that I have as well as just keep in touch uh, if you wanted to reach out and, and, you know, ask questions or get information. So we're, uh, we're rocking and rolling on that. You know, Jay, we're, we're about to head into light speed with this particular show because these shows, they go by fast. And, and I, I wanted to first just touch on one thing. Last episode, we talked about choosing a niche. And just to really brief people again, when you talk about the niche that you choose or the area of focus that you choose for your particular business, you have to look into a few things. And, you know, if you need a review on this, go back to episode two. But but think about this. What was your skill set? Where Where is your skills the highest? Uh, what, what about the area where you live, your environment? Well, how about your existing network? Do you have somebody that's that's currently uh, maybe somebody that you've met locally that's doing deals and might want to show you how a few deals are done for maybe a, a bit of a, a of a profit split or something like that? How about your immediate income needs? You know, if my immediate income needs were to make a, a certain amount of money right away, you'd have to look at the actual niche that you're involved in and determine if that was going to meet your needs. And then finally, what is your marketing budget? How much can you put towards making your phones ring and, and things like that? So that was one thing we spoke about. Secondarily, we also spoke about preparing yourself to be in business, not a hobby, but actually in business of real estate investing in this case. And actually in the business of being an entrepreneur, because you're also a marketer and you're not just someone that knows the nuts and bolts about real estate investing. There, there's a lot of people that can have book knowledge and head knowledge on, on what it takes to understand real estate investing. You could read real estate investing for dummies and have some head knowledge. But are you marketing yourself and your business properly so that people are aware of what you're doing? And are you mentally thinking about yourself as a business owner? not someone that spends a few hours a week trying to get something going on the side of their current nine to five. And for some of you listening, you, you've you already made that leap into becoming real estate investors. Somehow you found a way to put enough uh, money to the side so that you could actually become full-time in this business. And when I say full-time, I don't mean 40 hours a week. I'm talking 15, 20 hours a week at most is, is what many of you are doing, uh, possibly even less. This is what's great about real estate investing is how much you can actually get accomplished through sheer focus and through maybe some skills that you'll learn about, such as outsourcing, uh, understanding the value of your time. These are all things that an entrepreneur, when he's operating at his highest level, is really in touch with and understands. And that's why I talked a lot about the mentality and the mental side of this business being important as the foundation. Because you can, again, understand the ABCs, the one, two, threes, and the step-by-steps, you could understand that inside and out and you could do a lot of those things. But if that mentality is not there, it's going to be tough. So keep that in mind. Always work on yourself, work on attending seminars, webinars, things that are going to improve your mind and, and get you to that point. Now, this show right here is a continuation of our last episode where I talked a little bit about some of the things that we would do in order to find your first deal. And we're right now in a series called Getting Your First Deal. Now, after I had worked on establishing my niche, 
then I had also worked on some of the, the, the mentality of making sure that I, I realized I was in business. Okay. And I was working on myself. I'd probably start to get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of choosing lead sources in order to start to fill a pipeline of business. I would start to think about that. Now, that, that's not saying I'm, I'm at the point where I'm literally writing the check and, and it's going out yet, because there's some things that you need to do to prepare for the marketing. You would definitely want to prepare for the marketing because once it hits, your phone will ring. Your emails will start to come in. Your inbox will fill up with leads if that was one source that you were using. In other words, once it happens, you're in the game. But until you get in the game, you would first want to make sure that you were ready for that. Now, Jay, your, your background, you, you're a, a real estate investor in, 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 a, in a new way. In other words, you've, you've done a deal or two, but you're, you're still new to the business. In order for you to kind of put together your business plan, did, did, you, did you do some marketing of sorts? I mean, are, are you, were you out there looking at different sources of leads or, or how did it happen for you? Well, I didn't really do any marketing and I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really see it. Um, no, you know, I'm finding my first deals. I used um, MLS or, uh, uh, or a I should say a service that connected to the MLS to find okay. deals. So um, at first, so, you know, I didn't. Well, that's great because the lead probably came very inexpensively and, you know, you found a way to uh, attract someone that uh, was a, I guess, motivated seller at that point, and and you did a, was it a wholesale deal that you did? Uh, well, it te- I guess technically, probably the first deal I did was probably more of a uh, of a bird dog, okay, because uh, I didn't actually get the um, property under contract, so I would say it was a bird dog. Okay, well, listen, once you're at a point where you are now choosing your marketing. I, I, I would do this and, and you can grab your pens and, and really get focused. I would create at least four different lead sources in order to start thinking about what a marketing plan could be for my business. Now, a lot of you had, had probably just heard that and said four different lead sources. What do you think? I have a budget of thousands of dollars per month. And no, I, I don't think that you have that. Uh, I realize that some of you may have a budget right now as little as $100 a month that you could put towards your business. Others others of you might be in a slightly better position and maybe you can do anywhere from three to 500 a month. And then some of you, you know, you, you could do a thousand or 1500 a month. And you know what? Volume trumps a lot of times errors. And what I mean by that and write that down, volume will trump errors because let's face it, if you have a, an abundance of leads, that you can really waste, then you might have a chance of, of picking one, you know, uh, kind of out of the dark. I mean, even, even a broken clock is going to be right twice a day. And, and even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. And what I mean by that is you will have an opportunity to get deals, even if you're not that good at the actual business yet. If you're doing volume, if you're dropping a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. Even if you're dropping five hundred to seven fifty a month. You'd experience a, a, a lot of volume, no matter what you did. But if you're like most people listening right now and you're making the transition and you're, and you're concerned about where you're spending your, your marketing dollar, you're probably saying to yourself, what is the best way for me to break up my budget of, let's say, three to $500 a month? And if you're less than that, you know, consider some of the percentages here as well. 
I would I would definitely focus on the following. I would be working my referral business inside and out. And what I mean by that is you have to be mentally in the business. We've already taken the leap that you are in the business of real estate investing. You consider yourself a marketer. You take accountability for your results. And therefore, you are going out right now actively showing up at local RIA meetings. You are on websites such as meetup.com looking to join groups that are about real estate investing in your area. You're coming out to see speakers such as David the Diamond Oswald at live events to learn about your niche. You are doing things that are right allowing you to build a, a kind of a pipeline, not only of cash buyers that could pick up a property from you, but you're also networking with other wholesalers, people that might have access to a cash buyer, people that have lists that they can market to, people that are doing things in the business that are providing you with that, that strong tree of networking sources. So that's number one, referral. And I could go on, I could do an entire three episodes alone just on referral business, but for the purposes of our, our 20 minute sessions here, I like to make sure that I've touched on it and I've given you a feel for what it is, but I have to move to the next one. Number two, if you have this budget of three to 500 a month, I would take a portion of that budget, in this case, most likely around 30, 33% of that budget, and I would put it towards some sort of direct mail plan. And that direct mail plan could include either a postcard, either a yellow letter, and I'll touch more on that. In fact, if you want more information on the yellow letter, you can check it out on, on my site at riversofincome.com. Or I'd have some sort of marketing piece that I was testing. And if you have never yet tested a marketing piece, just to understand the basics of it, you have to have a list, okay? A list that you market to, but also you may want to try three different pieces on your limited budget. A piece that was a certain color, a piece that used certain fonts, a short piece like a postcard that maybe had two sides to it and one side had some basic information and an 800 number or a free number that they could call. Your yellow letter might have the appearance of someone that is interested in just a house. It might even be handwritten. Jay, I've actually had people that literally would handwrite letters for me. There's now services out there that are allowing you to have the appearance that it was handwritten, but it was actually done by a computer. Uh, so those things are cool. They, they look pretty good. Um, in essence, that's that's just two or three very quick pieces that you would have. So maybe 33% of your budget has a direct mail element to it. Okay. So on a $300 a month budget, at least a hundred for your direct mail. <clears throat> I would also be experimenting in your area with these bandit signs that you see. Things like the We Buy House signs, the, the signs that are out there that say things like, um, you know, in foreclosure, no problem, call us. Um, we buy cash, things like that. You can choose on different websites such as banditsigns.com, um, different sites that are out there that that allow you to pick up bandit signs and actually have a, cho a choice in the template where you decide how you want your sign to look. Some people go with the all yellow look to it, the yellow and black. Other people go with like a reddish, you know, look with a white background. <clears throat> And just a simple Google search would probably come back with at least five to seven different websites that you could easily go to in a heartbeat and choose what, what you like the best as far as um, pricing. But banded signs would be a piece. And just to touch on banded signs, 
<clears throat> different areas may pull better for that. So you'd be testing that as well. You test it different ways. One way might be on a, on a stake, like a wooden stake that's maybe three foot high <clears throat> that's actually in the ground. Sometimes you can buy the metal stakes uh, that actually attach to the sign. And then other times it might actually be stuck up on a, on a pole or something like that, a telephone pole. Um, so that would be maybe another third of my budget. Then I would also have, in addition to referral sources, direct mail, and the bandit signs, I would also have purchasing leads that come to the inbox. And again, another Google search would allow you to understand what's out there in your particular area. I'm not getting into the specifics of it just because we're, we're talking right now to people that could be all throughout the United States, different parts of the world, and it wouldn't make sense to get specific on websites, but going to leads for inbox that could actually come to your inbox and you could open up your email daily and see one or two fresh leads, maybe more depending on what your budget is. And that could really determine a day where you could have two, three, four leads from that source. Maybe direct mail came back with a few calls to your, your 800 number. You had a few calls from your signs. Now you're starting to see where even on a small budget, it wouldn't be crazy that you got three to five phone calls in a day for a period of time while your marketing was up. Plus, you have your referral business that you're constantly working. And in the meantime, you're growing your cash buyer or potential cash buyer list. And let me let me just talk about cash buyer lists. There's a misnomer out there that you shouldn't be in business or you won't be able to close a property until you have a cash buyer list of a few hundred people. And that that is an actual misnomer. That That is as far from the truth as can be, because it's all about has someone purchased from you? Will they purchase again? And are you shopping for the right individual? You could have a cash buyer list of literally one person, but if they've bought from you more than once, that individual who already has that relationship with you and is looking for a second property from you, which could turn into a third, a fourth, a fifth, that cash buyer is more valuable than an entire list of a thousand plus who've never bought from you. My uh, my first wholesale deal, I didn't have a list at all. No list. Preach on it. Yeah. Tell, tell me about it. Yeah, no list at all. But I did know a couple people and uh, and that's how I found the property. And that, you know, that was the most important part, having the deal and then letting, you know, just having, talking about that you had a deal. And all of a sudden I had a buyer for it and never really got a chance to market it, so to speak. But, you know. You know, you know, I don't know. I would have been stuck in stuck in the mud if I was waiting until I had a hundred, ten, fifteen, hundred, or a hundred uh, right. buyers on my list. In in an es- in essence, Jay, what it is is that it's it's an effort to. It's still a little bit of fear. It's a little bit of procrastination. Like you're still acting like you're not quite there and able to market your property because your list isn't built. It's it's a lot of times what what some people might do because they don't quite know the next step to take. And the action part sometimes is scary because they picture themselves maybe messing up on a conversation or getting involved with an experienced investor and and they feel like they might look a little foolish. They might not know how to answer questions. So, you know, one way to kind of keep yourself away from those conversations is to, you know, have the belief, uh, no matter if it's right or wrong, that, that you still need to do more in order to take that next step. So I'm just saying take the step. Start to have the conversations, do what you need to do in order to make sure that you are playing the game 
And then, you know, like you had, Jay, you happen to have a property that people wanted. And for that reason, you were half, you were more than half of the battle. You had actually had a property that people cared about. And, and also, you know, it's one thing that you mentioned earlier, getting to know you or finding out information about your local um, real estate investors association. And that's what, that was key for me because I had gone to a couple of meetings and I'd made, you know, some casual, really casual relationships with someone. But when they found out that I had a deal, I didn't know they were buyers until I had a property that I was uh, trying to, uh, uh, trying to wholesale. Uh, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, you, you had, you, you brought something of value to the table and, and you were able to have conversations with people and you already had something that they wanted. So therefore you, you had a built in value for that reason. I think what happens with, with a lot of people is that they don't yet have a property or anything of value to bring to the table and they haven't done any marketing. They haven't done anything yet, but they are trying to have conversations based on hypotheticals. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, if, if you're if you're able to explain properly what you're going after and and, and understanding the mindset of the cash buyer, um, there's nothing wrong with a hypothetical conversation about what could I get for you. And what we'll do in a future uh, podcast in a future episode here of the New Investor Show is that I'll get into the specifics of a conversation that I would have with a cash buyer, the things I'd touch on, the things I'd go over, and I'd make sure that they were aware of that. But this is not really something that I, I can touch on yet in this show, but I would say definitely it's something that we'll do in the future because it's, it's it'll make it seem a lot more like it makes a lot more sense to you to have a conversation if you don't yet have the property. But, you know, we're, we're at a point now where we're just talking about the marketing still. We're, we're talking about if you had a budget of three to five hundred dollars where you would start to think about if you only had a budget of even a hundred dollars a month, you still would consider the percentages that I talked about, about 33 percent of each as you are testing. You're kind of seeing what's getting the best response. Obviously, you know, lower responses for for lower amounts of marketing dollars. But that's something that you're, you're working on. And you're doing anything possible to create a little bit of a nest egg for your marketing budget, uh, whether that's selling things, whether that's having a garage sale, whether that's working um, part time somewhere else, whether it's doing something to create a little bit more to put into that that marketing budget. So, you know, here we are and we're thinking about this four prong strategy or five prong strategy in order to to get these deals. And. Jay, you talked about another one, the MLS, which is not one I touched on, but, you know, it is a possible other source out there. So you have four or five different options on what you could be doing. And then you talk about what would happen when the actual phone started to ring. Once I made that investment, I spent the money on my list, on my bandit signs, and my phone started to ring. What would I do at that point? This is really the, the third part of this. You know, the, they're gathering of the necessary scripts, agreements, and understanding them inside out. Gathering it, making sure that you understand it inside out. And, and to understand which scripts you would need and, and, and which contracts and agreements you would need, you'd probably have to decide on your niche at that point. So for the sake of this show, let's just act as if wholesaling was the niche that you decided to do. Wholesaling of property. And if you don't know what wholesaling of property is, it's similar to wholesaling anything in the world. I mean, it's it's just that property seems to have bigger spreads than everything else. You could be on eBay and wholesaling trinkets for pennies at a time that are making you an extra two pennies, 
or you could do, you see a lot of signs out there for people that sell cars and they do it through banded signs and they, they fix them up or, you know, they sell them as junkers to somebody else. They wholesale it. Uh, we're just doing that with the actual paperwork on property. And in essence, there's a misnomer out there that, that people are actually selling the house itself. Really, you need to watch some of the ways in which you your your, your language is, is concerned with wholesaling property, because in this case, you're not really selling the property. You're selling the, the paperwork in the agreement that you have locked it up with. You're selling the contract, whether that was an option agreement, whether it was a purchase and sale agreement. And you need to make sure that you're always acting as the principal. And Jay, we're not attorneys here. I'm not an attorney, but you know, for the most part, you would want to check in and, and in your area, make sure that your documents are put together properly and that they have the right clauses, et cetera, because you want to make sure you're acting as a principal. You are the buyer or the seller or the, the person with a written executed assignment of purchase and sales agreement. You have the ability to do that as the principal whether that as was as your own personal name or in an LLC or, or a corporation, whatever way that you actually got started when you put the agreement together. Okay. If, did you have something you're going to say? Oh yeah. I just want to highlight something that you said there, uh, LLC or corporation. I hope that we get into the, the later on uh, in this series, the importance of having a, a corporation or LLC to do business through. Right. And, and those are both important. Uh, however, for the person that is not in a position to to make an investment yet in that, um, I'd say that you, you still want to get in the game and you still want to find a way to get it done, especially if if wholesaling is the, the main strategy that you're focusing on. And it's something that you can be experimenting with and, and moving forward with until you get the ability to, to put together your LLC or your corporation. So we'll talk about that at, at a later time, and that's definitely important. But, you know, what I talked about with just a minute ago is is big time of importance. And what I mean is you talk about preparing yourself for, for what's going on. I mean, Abraham Lincoln said if, if he had eight hours to chop down a tree, he'd spend six of those hours just sharpening the axe. And where that applies to what I'll talk about with real estate investing is the scripting part and being able to understand how these conversations are going to go. Once you choose your niche, now you can start to decide, all right, do I have my agreements together? Do I have the proper uh, language down as far as how I would talk to a homeowner? Because once that phone rings, you're going to have to have some scripts there that you've memorized, that you've put into play, you've role played with your business partner or your, even if it's just yourself in it and you have to just practice it yourself. I would have these scripts everywhere, Jay. I would have one in the car. I would have one in, in my pants pocket at all times. I'd have one in the coat. I'd have one sitting uh, on my desk at work if I've still had a nine to five. And I would pull out this script every time I had a free moment, seven, eight, ten times a day, look at it, mouth the words. And, and if you're crazy enough, just start practicing it out loud, not caring about who's around, just really understanding this thing, getting it down, how it should sound what to expect as far as rebuttals from other people, getting inside the mindset of who will be calling you. If you're marketing to people that are already behind in payments, for example, you're looking for a motivated seller, understand the mindset of somebody that is in, in a motivated position. They may not always be calm. They may be a little excited. They may be a little bit nervous. 
They may have a lot of questions. So how can you role play this out before it happens? Remember last time, Jay, on last episode, we talked about having, if you have the answers to the test, you might as well um, practice them beforehand because it's going to lead to a much easier, less stressful life. Yeah, makes yes, of course. That makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. So just like I said with the with the Abe Lincoln quote, you know, if if you're gonna if you're going to do something, sharpen the axe for six hours out of eight, and then use the other two hours to take that sharp axe and chop down the tree. Because now you can look at yourself and be ready. And also it, here's the big thing, Jay. If you're on a budget, which most of our listeners, I'm, I'm guessing, are probably have some kind of budget, even if it was three to five hundred, you still are on a budget of what you can spend. You don't want to waste that, right? No. You, you want to make sure that every potential lead that came through the the phone, through your through your leads inbox, whatever it was, you handled to the best of its possible ability, and you took it as far as it possibly could have gone. And then you have the ability to say, I gave 100% on that. Because if you're, you know, unless you have a budget right now of a thousand, two thousand a month where you don't mind if you, if you blow through hundreds of dollars and, and make mistakes, if you have that, God bless you, you know, and, and I'm glad you have that because you're going to make some mistakes. But if you don't have that, every lead becomes important. And some people would say to me, well, well, Dave, I, I have, I've heard in seminars that I should just, Outsource it, right? I mean, you're you're the outsource king, Dave. What, don't don't you talk about outsourcing all the time? Sure, but I outsource things that I understand. I'm not I'm not Mr. Jack of all trades, and I just outsource outsource everything under the sun. I make sure I understand it. I can have a decent handle on doing it myself if I wanted to, and then I teach it properly to someone, and we work on it. We role play. So if I was going to have somebody answering my phones, I would make sure that person was trained in a certain way whether it was by me or by someone else, but that person was ready because every dollar counts when, you, when you're working with a smaller marketing budget. You know, on top of that, if you're paying someone else to take calls or you have some sort of arrangement where they have some profit sharing in the deals, you're, you're still, if they're not trained properly, then you're still kind of wasting money as well. Even if you look at it and you say, well, I have somebody else that's, you know, kind of um, working with me here and and we're taking some lumps, but that's OK. I'd say I'd say go with the the Abe, Abe Lincoln philosophy and, and work on it first and then be ready when it happens. And for some of you, that's going to take weeks. That's going to take weeks. And that's why you always have that script with you. You're taking it everywhere. You're understanding it. You're understanding your purchase and sales agreement. You're understanding your option agreement inside it out. You're ready for any question. That could take weeks. It could take months for some of you. Others of you, it could take days. Okay. If you really are, are in it to win it and, and you're spending a lot of time with it, it could take days and you could be up and running. So listen, again, these shows, they, they, they blow by, they go very quickly. Um, Jay, we didn't even have time for our segment of say what today, because I do have a question here that, that was asked. That was a pretty good one, but we're kind of moving quickly today. And you know, I, I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to add, Jay, but I, I promise people a certain amount of time. I want you guys to take out of your out of your out of your month, you know, a, a, a 20 minute time periods, 20 minute chunks from us. I promise you that's what we'll deliver. And we give you the best stuff in that time period. And from there, you know, check out the websites and, and the other spots that Jay talked about where you can go and kind of keep track and s stay up with us. 
And uh, Jay, I don't know if you if you wanted to ask anything or if you wanted to add anything, but I'm I'm good to go here. Yeah, I just wanted to co-sign on a few of the things that you said. The practice, being pre- being prepared, beginning to know the the little thing. If you have a script, get to know that because it makes it a whole lot easier on yourself when it comes time to you when you're really talking to a an actual buyer or an actual seller that you're prepared and it makes it go and taking a hundred percent effort that you can when you do have a lead. There's no good reason to waste money. That's it. Um, but you know, also to remind everybody where they can find us on the internet, newinvestorzone.com, the Twitter at the new investor and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash new investor zone. So I'm good to go. Uh, you know, God is great and, and we're moving forward here. That's some more rocket fuel for your um, for your next few weeks here as, as you keep up with us. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you on the next show. And Jay, I'll let our, uh, our biggest fan take it out here. And I'm good to go, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. I just love listening to the new investor show. David the Diamond and Jay make investing seem so seductive. So if you need more information... Take a minute and check out riversofincome.com for real testimonial videos, incredible products, and amazing investing info. I'm going to riversofincome.com right now. Cheers, my loves. Statements made in this show are not to be interpreted as a promise or guarantee of earnings. As with any business, your results will vary and be based on your desire, dedication, and personal effort. The authors and publishers of this show are not accountants or attorneys and are so not qualified to give accounting or legal advice. You understand this to be an expression of opinions and not professional advice. You are solely responsible for the use of any content. We thank you and appreciate your patronage and support.